This is Sadiq, and you're listening to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, which is a sports-related podcast where I'll discuss a wide range of topics from the NFL, NBA, and collegiate athletics happening every Tuesday morning. Let go. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. Walking out. What's up, America? So typically, you know, I start off with that Sunday night football game, the Monday night football game. The heck with that. We're not starting off with any of them. We're starting off in the NFL once again about this pro about this COVID protocol and players breaking it. Antonio Brown, once a Hall of Fame track player, now is creating more messes than a food fight in the middle school cafeteria. That's what he's doing. Let me explain. Antonio Brown did not pay his chef his money, which is about $10,000 for the services that his chef did for Antonio Brown and his family. Antonio Brown, you know, when you have a chef, they they learn a lot about the family because they're there all the time. The chef was communicating with other people within Antonio Brown's family because they wanted to know how to get a fake vaccine card for Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown went ahead and purchased a vaccine card, cost about him $500, told the NFL and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he was vaccinated. NFL. Went on social media and said the Tampa Bay Buccaneers first team to be fully vaccinated, which was a lie at the time. He reports to the team facility, finds out that this is a federal crime. And after that, went ahead and get vaccine. But the point is when he told the NFL and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he was vaccinated, that was a lie because he went out and got a fake vaccination card, which is a federal crime. Now, the NFL, after finding out this information because their chef showed proof that Antonio Brown did indeed went and got a fake vaccination card, suspended him as well as his two other teammates, Mike Edwards and John Franklin, for three games without pay. Now, People want to talk about how this is a race issue because Aaron Rodgers got only fined 15 for breaking protocol. This is not a race issue. This is a money issue. Let me tell you why. Because just last year, the Denver Broncos had three quarterbacks on their roster that broke protocol. Those three quarterbacks were Drew Locke, Brett Rippon, and Blake Bortles for not wearing masks in team meetings. And the NFL got wind of it last season. And 
All of them did not play a game. All of them without pay. And they had to go get a guy that was essentially a former quarterback from Wake Forest working at FedEx and had to play them, uh, play him against the Saints. And he was pathetic that game. One for nine, 13 yards, two interceptions. Now, they're all white. So Aaron Rodgers got um, he got fined $15,000. So to me, this is not a race issue at all. This is a money issue. Why? Because Aaron, and also, this is different than Antonio Brown. The biggest thing with Antonio Brown is that he lied to the NFL. He lied to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He lied to his teammates. Aaron Rodgers didn't do that. Aaron Rodgers lied to the media. Aaron Rodgers lied to reporters. Aaron Rodgers didn't lie to the NFL. Aaron Rodgers didn't lie to his teammates. And that's the difference. Don't try to don't try to make Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown a race issue and comparable because they're not. Aaron Rodgers should be suspended for six games, in my opinion. Antonio Brown should be done for the season. And I am very, very interested in seeing what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do because from what I read, as soon as Antonio Brown was signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Aarons, the head coach, said he's on thin ice. One mistake and he's out. Well, this is a huge mistake. He lied to you. He lied to his teammates. He lied to the Bucs organization. And more importantly, he lied to the NFL. So Antonio Brown, along with his other teammates, Mike Edwards, John Franklin, should be suspended for the season. Period. Now, Aaron Rodgers, the NFL knew that he wasn't vaccinated. His only crime was that he misled the general public because he used the word immunized. He should be suspended for three to five games at bare minimum. I would think six. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers got caught. Antonio Brown got caught. Antonio Brown said, Aaron Rodgers, hold my liquor because I got something worse than that. And Antonio Brown has had a history of not paying people. And that's why he be getting in these situations with the law. One, one time it was a painter. Another time now it's a chef. Antonio Brown is creating more mess for himself day in and day out. Like I said before, Antonio Brown is creating more mess than a food fight in a middle school cafeteria. I can't wait to see what the Timberland Buccaneers do with Antonio Brown and this situation. And more importantly, I can't wait to see what the NFL does to try to find out if there are more Antonio Brown, Aaron Rodgers of the world playing on the rest of these 28 teams. And it'll be interesting to see what, what information comes out in the next couple of weeks. Now, enough about A.B. and his nonsensical ways. Let's actually talk about some football, shall we? The first being the Monday Night Football game. The New England Patriots go up to Buffalo, playing the Buffalo Bills. And it was a tycoon outside. It was storm outside. 
Storm was outside in this game because all it was was a bunch of wind, messed up the game plan for both teams. Mac Jones threw the ball three times and completed it twice for 19 yards. They ran it for over 40 times. And they got the dub. 14-10. Buffalo got to the red zone a couple of times, couldn't cash in. They weren't able to run the ball particularly well in this high win game. It just didn't make much sense to me. I got to give New England credit. Didn't think they was really going to win this game, but they came out ugly win. Bill Belichick shows again why he's the best coach in all of football. But I don't care. I said this before the season started, and I'm saying it now that the Patriots are the number one seed in the AFC currently today. They ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. And I'm going to tell you why. Mac Jones, he like oatmeal with no sugar. He like a Ford Focus. He like toast with no butter. I. He ain't going to get you where you want to go. I'm just letting you know. And he's a rookie, so I don't expect him to do much anyway. But that offense isn't that good. Unless they can only win one way. The only way that the Patriots can win is in a phone booth. 14-10. Games like that. They can't win a shootout. They're not better to me than the Chiefs. They're not better to me than the Ravens. They're not better to me than the Bills. It took Storm to be outside, the superhero outside, for them to eke out a win. So I don't want to hear this Patriots, you know, love fest. Oh, they could go to the Super Bowl. Man, they ain't going to the Super Bowl. They're going to get some cereal bowl or go be on the toilet bowl because that's it. They ain't doing nothing. I'm just letting y'all know right now. They've beaten a bunch of bad teams, and now they think they are somebody. They've beaten up on my Jets a couple of times. They've beaten up on the Atlanta Falcons. They've beaten up on a bunch of bad teams. They beat up on the the Carolina Panthers. The Patriots, to me, they're not that good. Their defense is good, especially their zone defense. They're really good. And Matt Judon gets a lot of credit. But they're not really that good. And as the season weighs on, y'all see what I'm talking about. Let's see what happens moving forward with the New England Patriots. Now, let's get to the Sunday night game. Broncos Chiefs. Broncos head into Arrowhead, and they lay a stinker. Game was 22-9. We was waiting for the Chiefs to break the game open, and the Chiefs did, but not on the offensive end, but the defensive end. Sorensen gets a touchdown, defensive touchdown, and the floodgates open, and it's good night, Irene. So Patrick Mahomes was very pedestrian. I'm a little bit concerned about the Chiefs because they haven't looked like the offensive juggernaut that we've known them to be. Defensive defenses have made sure to not allow them to get the big splash plays, i.e. 30, 40-yard plays with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McLaurin, you know, 
they don't really want to run the ball. So they're trying to find ways in order to score methodically down the field. Now, the Chiefs are now back at the number one spot in the AFC West. We'll see what happens with them moving forward. Denver Broncos, your season's done. You start off 3-0. Since then, you only won three games. So let's just call it what it is. Teddy Bridge, that bridge is holding on for dear life because, Lord have mercy, you would pit afford that game. Javante Williams is a stud. And they need a quarterback. Hopefully, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers is the new quarterback for the Denver Broncos. But the Chiefs, the Chiefs will be back to where they were, which is the Super Bowl. If that offense can pick it up. Or else you gonna be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. That's to prove me wrong. Or else you gonna be walking out. Walking out. Walking out. Let's talk about some notable games, shall we? We're not going to talk about my pathetic Jets losing to the Eagles with no Jalen Hurts. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about games that actually matter. Playoff implication games. The first one, to me, the probably the best game of the day. Steelers, Ravens, in Hines Field, Pittsburgh. And the Ravens come up short. Let's just call it what it is. The the Steelers were playing with pride. The Steelers were five five and one. The Steelers were getting ramrodded through the media. Former players like Ryan Clark saying that Ben Roethlisberger is done. And what do they do? They rise above all of that and get a dub on their arch rival. To me, this is the best rivalry in all of football: Baltimore Pittsburgh. Ben Roethlisberger, who I believe this is his last year in Pittsburgh, potentially for his career, showed up and showed out. After that pathetic performance that they had the week before, the biggest loss of Mike Tomlin's career in terms of margin of victory, Ben Roethlisberger, 21 to 31, 236 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. They finally got the running game going with Najee Harris, especially in the fourth quarter. Deontay Johnson was phenomenal. Eight receptions for a buck five, two touchdowns. But to me, the story of the day was that defense. That defense held Lamar Jackson and that offense in check. They were only able to get 107 yards. And for most teams, that would be a good day. But for the Baltimore Ravens and what they are foundationally set upon, that is a good day. There was also able to turn the ball over and also the most important thing Lamar Jackson wasn't able to be Lamar Jackson he threw a pick he got sacked seven times and that's a credit to the Steelers defense like I've said because they are the reason why they were victorious Lamar Jackson just wasn't himself I still believe he's the MVP I still think that the road to the Super Bowl will go through the bank but there's no shame in losing to the Steelers on the road. Now, T.J. Watt was a man amongst boys. He has now catapulted himself back into the defensive player of the year conversation with three and a half sacks. And he was the best player on the field, no matter what team it was. 
So Cameron Hayward had a sack. And that whole crew was just getting after Lamar Jackson left and right, left and right. And we'll see what happens moving forward with the Steelers at a 6-5-1. They have a long task. They are, to me, right there fighting with the bang up. They are right now fighting with the Browns as potentially the third best team in that division with Cincinnati being second and obviously Baltimore being first, even with a loss. And just a point of order. Lamar Jackson does what Lamar Jackson does. Drove his team down on the field, had an opportunity to win it by going for a two-point conversion before the snap even happened. I said, give it to Justin Tucker, go to overtime, and see if the Steelers can keep up this momentum. But no, they go for two. They went for two before, like against Kansas City, and everybody praised them. Well, they went for two this time, and they didn't get it. Mark Andrews, some people think that he could have tipped it to himself and caught that pass. But in my opinion, the pass was just an inch wide. I don't think people understand how hard of a catch that is. And they didn't get the two-point conversion, and the Steelers hold on to win 19-20. The Baltimore Ravens will be just fine, but their offense need to get it together. Another game I want to talk about. Man, this Washington football team, they're a real team. I'll be joking on them saying they're a freshman or JV team. Nah, they're a real team. Ron Rivera got this team playing right. They went into Las Vegas after a team went on Thanksgiving on the road, beating the Dallas Cowboys, and they played their game. Ron Rivera played his team's game, which is what? Low scoring, running the football, making key plays on key downs and getting the win 17-15 Washington football team. I got to give him credit. Taylor Heineke, Taylor Heineke, that brother is a baller. I don't know if he's the future of the Washington football team, but he's the quarterback of that team now. And he is playing very well. 22, 23-30, 23-30. 196 yards, two touchdowns. Doesn't look, you know, all that great, but he made the plays when they were when they were needed to be made. And let's just call it what it is. The Las Vegas Raiders had a pick six and the DB dropped it, or we would have a different discussion. But I still got to give them credit. All B, I still have to give them credit. That defense was hellacious. They shut down the running game of the, the Las Vegas Raiders, 76 yards. Derek Carr was not driving that car real well. And more importantly, the time of possession was for the Washington football team because the Oakland Raiders could not get into their rhythm. Now, they didn't have their best player in Darren Waller, but both teams now are 6-6. Six and six, And we'll see what happens moving forward. I really like what the Washington football team is doing. Let's see if they can get into the playoffs. And the last game I want to talk about in terms of the notable games is the Los Angeles Chargers versus Cincinnati Bengals. Now, both of these teams now are seven and five, but the Bengals just be turning the ball over. Joe Burrow's getting loosey-goosey with the ball. They turned the ball over four times, one resulting into a touchdown. And I'm just concerned 
about the Bengals thinking they have arrived because they haven't. Yeah, everything runs on Joe. Like I told you, Joe Nixon, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had two picks. Joe Nixon, 19 carries, 54 yards. What am I supposed to do with that? So the Cincinnati Bengals, they got to, you know, make sure they write the ship. Those veterans in that locker room, they got to write the ship because the Cincinnati Bengals haven't done anything. They haven't made the playoff. They haven't made a playoff run. The L.A. Chargers, I thought they was going to blow this lead. But no, they didn't. Justin Herbert, three touchdowns, one pick. If you look at the tape, he gave his receivers chances, and they came up with big catches for him. He was really gunslinging, and he got away with it. Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Guyton, they bailed out this man, Justin Herbert. But the defense was hellacious. They were getting sacks out the yin-yang. Actually, six to be exact. So we'll see what happens with the Cincinnati Bengals moving forward. The L.A. Chargers, they win one. And it's going to be interesting to watch move forward what happens. But one game I do want to talk about that was really irrelevant, but it was relevant in one way, is that they just got the win. This is the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings 27-29 right at the buzzer. They needed a touchdown. Jared Goff, who this is his first win without Sean McVay in his entire career. Without Sean McVay, he has zero wins until Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, where he won it at the gun. And he played well. He played, he played well. Three touchdowns, only one pick. That Detroit Lions team have found ways to lose in the past. And for this glorious week. They get a dub against the Minnesota Vikings. I don't want nobody blaming Kirk Cousins because he was dealing. That defense, Mike Zimmer, y'all got to hold this L. Kirk Cousins gave y'all a lead. Y'all only had one job, keep him out of the end zone. And what'd you do? Give it up. Mike Zimmer, you're on the hot seat. Your hot seat hotter than a cask iron skillet on Thanksgiving. We'll see what happens with your job moving forward. Let's talk about the NBA, shall we? I really want to give out a huge shout-out to the Phoenix Suns. They're for real. Now, I was late to the party. I was late on the bandwagon, but they for real. They're one of the best teams in the NBA, and I would not be surprised at all if they're hosting the championship at the end of the season, as long as everybody's healthy. They can do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. They're one of the clutchest teams, especially given that they have Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They got the rebounding. They got the defenders. You know, Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder, their big man, Aiton. Their bench is a, is a bunch of good guys like Cameron Johnson, who can shoot it out the gym. Cameron Payne, who got it out the mud, was out of the league a year and a half ago. JaVel McGee, three-time champ. I just love this roster. Their coach, Monty, one of the best coaches in the NBA. They maximize their players' talents. And, yes, they lost to the Golden State Warriors, 118-96, breaking their streak. Um, But more importantly, it took Devin Booker not being there for them to lose like that. And I just got to give props to them. And I really, really want the NBA writers, the media to stop pushing this narrative 
Chris Paul need to be in the MVP conversation. I don't care who you have up there. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, uh, Nikola Jokic. Chris Paul need to be in that conversation because all this guy does is win. Case in point. Y'all seen how the Memphis Grizzlies beat the brakes off the Thunder? Beat the brakes off of them. They mollywhopped them. The Memphis Grizzlies beat them up, down, sideways. In a, the hey. Memphis Grizzlies beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Worse than Craig beat Day Day in Friday. That's how bad it was. They couldn't see straight. They beat them 152 to 79. And the reason why I bring that up is Chris Paul had that. Chris Paul played with virtually the same cast of characters and got them to the playoffs. Chris Paul needs all his roses, all his flowers, turnips, whatever you want to give him. Because this man. All he does is win. Yes, he hasn't won a championship yet. But he it's not his fault why they don't win. So the Phoenix Suns are the best team in basketball or one of the best teams in basketball. And Chris Paul should be considered for the MVP. I know the stats don't scream it, but the impact screams it. Now, another team I want to talk about is the Portland Trailblazers. Man, it's time. Y'all need to y'all need to just get Dame out of his misery. Trade him. I'm so serious. You got the GM fired because of what he was doing in the organization. You got Chauncey Billis was a new coach and they still got the same problems. What are what are those same problems? Outside of C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard, who's the third guy? Nurkic is like the Easter Bunny. He likes Santa Claus. He only shows up short a period amount of time, and then he's out of there because he's always hurt. Their bench, atrocious. I'm sorry. N- nothing is going to work on that bench. I don't, I don't care about L- Larry Lance, Ben McLemore, Cody Zeller. Come on. Tony Snell, like, stop it. Break this team apart. Go get Ben Simmons. So Damian Lillard doesn't feel like he left you high and dry. Damian Lillard is the KG of this era. And even KG, one of the loyalest people I know in the NBA, had to leave and go try to compete for a championship, and he ultimately got one. Give Dame Dollar that opportunity. I'm sorry. Just give him that opportunity. And that goes to the 76ers. Y'all need to go get Ben Simmons either on the court or to another team. Now, yes, y'all right now are still finding your way. Y'all started off hot, hotter than fish grease. And now y'all, you know, coming to a little halt right now. Y'all 12 and 11. Y'all haven't really Shown that y'all could win without Embiid because he be hurt sometimes. But come on, guys. Doc Rivers. Go get Ben Simmons to play or go get him to or go get a team 
to trade for him. And actually, this is not even a Doc Rivers issue. This is a Daryl Moore issue. President of Operations. Get this done. Get Ben Simmons out of there so y'all can actually compete, truly compete for a championship. And the last thing I want to talk about, honestly, is the Boston Celtics. Y'all need to trade one of these two, either Tatum or Brown, because it's just not working. It's literally not working. Y'all 12 and 11. Y'all not that good. Y'all have to score in the hundreds and 20s and 30s to even compete for a game. And Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, outside of Jalen Brown being an excellent defender, they pretty much operate on the same side of the court in the same spots. And I don't know, getting a Ben Simmons, a thigh bowl for a Jalen Brown, I like that idea. But we'll see what the Boston Celtics do. They're not typically a team that likes to trade, especially if they don't know if they're going to 100% be the beneficiaries of this trade, i.e., you know, the the Jason Tatum trade, draft day trade, the Boston Celtics KG trade, the Boston Celtics Paul Pierce KG trade to Brooklyn. They don't like doing trades unless it's a slam dunk for them. So we'll, we'll see what happens on that. And then one last thing, John Wall has talked about Wanting to play. He said, I've been ready. I'm born ready. Free me. As he should, deservingly should. Because the man last season was averaging 20 points, six rebounds, seven assists, right around there. And I could tell you, there's a bunch of teams right now, I could think three at the top of my head, that would greatly use John Wall's talents. I can tell you right now, the Clippers would love to have John Wall. You know who else would love to have John Wall, the 76ers. You know who else would love to have John Wall? The Brooklyn Nets. You know who else might be really interested in John Wall? The Miami Heat. There's a bunch of teams that want to get John Wall because they know what he represents. They know the talent that he has. And the Houston Rockets don't want to use him, but they're the worst team in the NBA. They got six wins. Like, come on. Let's stop it. Free John Wall. Get him to a team. And let, let's see him ball out. And I'm- Once again, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Prove Me Wrong. If you ever want to get on a show, if you ever have any comments, you can DM me or you can comment me at my Instagram, Prove Me Wrong underscore podcast. And I'll be waiting for your comments. Yeah, I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong. Else you gon' be walking out. I ain't got time to hear what they be talking about. Best to prove me wrong, or else you gon' be walking out. Walking out, walking out.